2: Second Amendment Radio, The Great Outdoors, Mark Cox in here, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman. Hello. How's it going, guys?
3: Hanging in there. I'm struggling with my uh, with, with shopping for my wife, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I had a Jeep organization reach out to me because they've heard me talk on the radio about my father being a veteran and my daughter being a veteran, so they dropped off here at the station a couple of beautiful blankets that they've kind of done the shopping for me. But mm-hmm. I'll give them credit. Yeah. I'll give them credit. Please do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been kind of a weird year again for me. But I'll get there. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, just go to the gun store.
2: <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you tell your wife that? Hey, I'm looking for some gift ideas. What do you think you might want? Just go down to the gun store, and see. I'm sure you'll find something.
3: Yeah. See, See, yeah. she got me Ooh. a judge many years ago. Wow. The judge. Love it. Right. Took I just... you in front of the judge. No, 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 no. <laughs> God, no, please don't say that. No, uh, the judge, the firearm. Oh, I have seen The that. original. Yes. And I shot it last weekend just to cycle it through and everything yeah. went great. But uh, I, I then the next year bought her a firearm. <sighs> Didn't land it so so easily. Ooh, I mean, you know, that's yeah. kind of my department, she says. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I have an extra gun then. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to take a trip to uh, Ohio last weekend, uh,
2: grew up in that area, Southern Ohio, took my mom back to visit some of her friends before the holidays, and <clears throat> her friend is uh, is widowed, and she uh, had uh, given away all of her husband's guns to his brothers, oh, right, wow, yeah. after he passed away. It's very sad, and we were visiting with her, and it's, been, it's probably been 18 months or so, and she, she was going through a drawer, and she found what she thought was a gun, so I had gone out to my truck, and I came back in, and she's she's sitting on the couch, and she's holding what looks like a black semi-automatic pistol, okay, like a Beretta or something, and In in an Alec Baldwin kind of moment, she turned it toward me and said, Mark, is this real? Oh, no.
3: <laughs>
2: now, this is a 94-year-old woman, right? I've... Yeah, but that's how you—that's how you get in the paper. I, my heart <laughs> skipped a beat. I, I have to tell you. I and, bet. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't have to point that over there until I can get closer to it. So I took it from her, and I realized immediately it was uh, one of those CO2 powered uh, oh, BB, BB guns. Absolutely, but it didn't have. It didn't have the orange on the barrel; it was an old one. Sure. It didn't have any. It looked just like something that might get you shot if a cop saw you yeah. with it and told you to put it down and you didn't. We've seen cases like that before, right? But that was my little bit of excitement last weekend. You know,
3: weekend. I, I I have one of those without the orange dot on the or the orange ring on the end of it too, and it do, it looks like a, a it Glock. Does. It looks it, like a nine millimeter, <laughs> and but it shoots. You know, just the the BBs or the pellets. Squirrels. And, uh and i use it i i use it for you know just target practice mostly um the, but all of those in that whole category you can get stuff that looks like arnold schwarzer or schwarzenegger had it in a movie i mean it's it's intense um and you know if if it's supervised maybe a great gift for your family sure no absolutely you need to go buy a daisy bb gun right so, so did just you, don't you shoot your yeah arm when did you when did you get your first uh, firearm was it a bb gun
2: yeah, sure. Yeah, it had one of those. I, I wish it was a Red Rider. I, I wasn't because it didn't have the wooden stock on it. It had a a plastic stock. It sure. looked just like a Winchester thirty thirty. Had the 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 you just cocked the lever and uh, you know spring loaded. Obviously not very powerful. But I remember I must have been. To nine, nine, yeah. ten years old, I was, and we lived. We lived on a on a decent sized piece of land, and we had a farmland behind us. So it was uh, there was lots of places to go shoot it safely.
3: Lots of fun. Yep. Yeah, I, I got mine when I was seven. It was when my parents were divorcing, and my dad gave me this for Christmas when he was dropping us off at grandma's house. And uh, <laughs> I,
2: hey, grandma, good luck with this.
3: Complete uh, transparency here. Yeah, and uh, and he said, "You're the man of the family now." And I, of course, he's still you know in my life. But he he said you got to protect your family. You know you got to protect the family. I'm like what with a BB gun? What? <laughs> um, so that was kind of my memory. It may be foggy from then, but uh, Daisy BB gun, great way to start your kids, oh, respectively. Agree. You know, yeah, true, true, and with
2: responsibility. It, it, right. It, get, it gets back to uh, the the gun, uh, the anti gun culture, and people who just don't want to understand it. They don't. They don't. They don't want to understand it, and they want to label everything as you know unsafe. They're talking about in um, Michigan, or uh, uh, yeah, Michigan, where that shooting happened at the school. What what, what a complete tragedy! Oxford High School. And yeah. now you know they're going to charge those parents up there, and it sounds like they, they should be charged with something because I don't know gun owner. Every everybody I know who's a gun owner is a safe gun owner. When I go home at night, my firearm gets locked up in a safe. Either a little one or a big one. It gets locked up. Safe. You have to practice gun safety. Uh, the people that are causing the problems, as as my friend uh, uh, and former uh, CAMOX employee Jim White used to say, the big bumper, yeah. you can't fix stupid. <laughs> and at some point, That's at, true. You, you can pass all the laws you want, and it's not going to stop somebody from doing something stupid. Like taking a kid who you, you live with them, you should know them better than that, and going out and buying this youngster who clearly had some issues going on, a handgun, and then giving it to him as a Christmas
3: present. But it, but if the parents have issues, they're not going to recognize the issues. It's kind of like yes. one in three are crazy. There's three people in this room. Guess what? It's me. What? Okay. No! <laughs> Self-proclaimed. I wasn't going to say uh, that. But then, there's, but then there's the elementary school uh, stories from this week. Uh, you know really young kids a second grader uh, a second grader and there was a, another one too preschool maybe but they mm-hmm. they they, they were two. They, they brought firearms with them to school whoa, whoa, whoa. why are they even having access and why I think one was locked but the the kid knew uh the code to get into it why mm-hmm. why would you let that happen that is thank irresponsible you. thank you um so uh you know you, I... you can't discipline I... every legal responsible gun owner for idiots that are out there when
2: i was in sixth grade we had to give a speech in an english class and you were you were you got to pick the subject and i asked my teacher i said um my uncle gave us a german pistol that uh, he brought back from germany wow uh when he served over there and uh in world war ii can i bring that in for show and tell and give a speech about the history of it and all that stuff and she said, Well, let's go check with the principal. Principal said, It's fine. Have your mother or father unload it, drop it off at the school in a brown paper bag in my office. And when it's time for the speech, I'll bring it down to you and then I'll take it back when you're done. Responsible right. all the way. Well, it was. But could you imagine? When I got, to, I gave the speech, I showed the gun, I talked about it. It was a Walther P 38. And I, when I was done, I passed it around the room and let the kids look at it right. yeah, no, before right. I, I got anymore. it back. And when we were done, we put it back in the bag. We took it back to the principal's office. Could you imagine today what would wow. happen? Wow. Even in a rural district, there would be some some backward-thinking liberal who would lose their mind that you did something like that because they think guns jump up off tables and shoot on their own. Right. That's the sad part of it.
3: Right. It's uh, It's a different world we're living in, and it didn't take that long to change it either.
2: No, it, it really didn't. So uh, I want to play a soundbite from an interview we had on my show this week with Missouri State Senator Eric Burleson. He's from down in the Springfield area. And he, based on the McCloskey case, uh, decided that we need to update the Stand Your Ground law in Missouri. Yeah, right about uh, it. Because you've got people like Kim Gardner who— who find ways around it to still prosecute and persecute people because she's an anti-gun nut who doesn't understand them and doesn't understand that laws only stop law-abiding citizens. Um, go ahead and play that, Carl, please.
4: Strengthening the stand of ground law and, and trying to stop Kim Gardner from going the extra mile by making a what, it, what would be a pre-trial criminal immunity hearing. Um, so that way, a... The, the citizen would be allowed or the gunner would be allowed to assert their immunity protections before they get drugged through an entire court battle. Excellent. That would be expensive and costly. Okay. And that's the idea is that, you know, if the, if you need somebody that's got clarity that is that can be an adult in the room <laughs> um, that can say, no, 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 no we're not going to we're not going to allow this political circus to go on. Or we're not going to destroy someone's life. Uh, Simply because the prosecutor wants to get political points.
3: Thank you. Which is happening too often in too many areas of this country. He's, wow.
2: he's pre-filed that legislation. Again, that's Senator Eric Burleson. So when the legislature gets underway in January, I don't know what the priority will be on that particular bill. Lots of things get pre-filed. But I think he shouldn't have any problem um, strengthening up that law like that. And, and you'll prevent, you know, you want to stand on your front porch and hold your AR as long as you've got good trigger discipline. There's no reason you should be dragged into a court over that, particularly when you've got a horde of 300 people who were trespassing standing on your uh, front porch curb
3: I, I i agree i i you know when you when you think back to that story of the mccloskeys d- pick any neighborhood in the bi-state area uh where guns are legal well illinois is a little bit different story but i don't think if you're i don't think there there's a lot of differences in in that scenario uh, other than maybe staying inside your house um but that they were already mark mccloskey was already outside not defending uh, what exactly what he did in a, in a city you know a city setting, but three hundred people go by your place. Uh, what are you going to do?
2: I'll I'll defend what he did. If you I think feel, he, if
3: you feel threatened, it's just a different world.
2: I think I think he was perfectly within his rights to do what he did. I, I wish too. his wife Patricia had not had, had trigger discipline and hadn't had her finger wrapped around that pointing it at people. Uh, just having it with you should be enough of a deterrent. Pointed at the ground, uh, right? Um, but to your point, if I'm in my neighborhood and I live on a cul-de-sac in a regular old subdivision and there's nothing private about it and, and, and I know what's going on, the, the, the mob just a few miles away has been looting and burning things, and then suddenly they're walking up my street, I'm absolutely sitting on my front porch with my gun in my lap. Absolutely. Or, yeah, there's nothing wrong
3: with that. It shouldn't be. Because and, – and because right. – uh, the police can't be everywhere, and they can't show up quick enough. Things happen so quickly, you have to be prepared and trained yes. and be responsible. Yes, because okay.
2: uh, uh, 45 is faster than
3: 911. Amen to that. Amen. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, ask you to share this podcast. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and come back.
2: Uh, yes, we are. G- g- <laughs> The, me, bad hunter. Remember that story? Uh, Mark uh, Mark equals bad hunter. We, we got a guy on who's not only a great hunter, but a very lucky hunter, as in finding something that might be one in 10,000 in the wild. And uh, he's getting it mounted now, as you can imagine. Uh, what a find. We're going to talk to Sam Parati when we come back on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Mm-hmm.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: All Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?
0: A deer, a female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun.
3: It is Second Amendment Radio in the Need great outdoors. <laughs> we have the best executive producer of this show, Mark. Carl, I'm telling <laughs> you, the stuff you come up with, dude. I don't think you. I don't think I've seen Mark smile this big, and it's all because of this music. Did, this- you,
5: did you love sound of music growing up, Mark? I did. I was into
2: play when I was in kindergarten.
3: Wow. It was awesome. Sing along, then. We want to hear it. Oh, no. Second Amendment Radio and the Great the outdoors. outdoors. This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory. Ready for your holiday shopping. I've been in there. I was in there a week and a half ago, and a place was packed, and they're ready for you. A half mile east of 270 on Manchester Road. You can start your search at RazorbackArmory.com. Great crew there. They're ready for you. They got the things that you want Santa to bring for this Christmas. RazorbackArmory.com.
2: Yeah, a little birds and bees lesson there, Carl. A doe is a female deer. There's no doubt about that. Um, I didn't get any deer this year. I'm still a little bitter about that. Are you serious?
5: Have you heard me... I've told you Oh, he. We would have found out if he did.
2: Well, that's. True. I would have probably got a text. And a picture. I'll tell you that story later. I, I had an eight-pointer in my sights, and I had a misfire, and it's a, just a whole long story. But this, at the end of the day, the sad thing is I didn't get a deer, and, and I had one. So that's the first eight-point buck I've ever seen and actually had a shot at, and my gun misfired. Oh, so it really stunk. It's not now, meant to be.
5: But what happened was... The person that was uphill from you, that child got it. Yeah, the,
2: the neighbor's kid, the neighbor's uh, <laughs> nephew was hunting with him up the hill. The deer ran right to him, and he shot it. So his first deer ever was an eight-point, my eight-point buck, so, I should point
3: out. <laughs> so you, got, you had the assist. I'm a little bitter
2: about it, just, just, just a little. Did I you got get the anything. assist, if they keep numbers like that. Well, you know, here's the deal. I, I've only ever seen one eight-point buck. That's the one I almost got a shot at. Uh, And some people find deer with antlers who shouldn't even have them. And that's our guest right now. Sam Parati is joining us right now from Monroe County. Sam, welcome into Second Amendment Radio. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing fine, man. Thank you for giving us a little bit of time today.
4: Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: You you have trumped me in many ways here. And one (laughs) of them was finding a doe with antlers. Tell us the story
4: okay so uh we'll start from the beginning uh, in September my good friend Bob Nesky, he had all the trail camera pictures of this deer he sent he sent a few pictures to me he said what do you think of this buck I said well it looks like a pretty nice buck got some abnormal uh points there on the bases." I said yeah it looks pretty 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 nice and he said I'm pretty sure that it's a doe and the reason he started investigating was because it still had velvet well into September so he was uh Studying it pretty hard, and noticed that on one of the pictures uh, with the deer face, with the rear of the deer facing the camera, he noticed no uh, no male parts in the in the photograph. Okay,
2: there. I was going to say now if you're in the woods and you just see one walk, you wouldn't be able to tell that. But fortunately, the deer camera came into for the assist here.
4: That is correct. So so we had a good idea that this deer was in the area already He he had multiple trail camera pictures of it and that he sent me after after the fact you know and and I knew about this deer beforehand so this was in September
3: so is this as unique as a unicorn Sam
4: uh I've never seen a unicorn but I have seen an antler doe so I would say (laughs) unicorns are still better or still more rare
3: uh, can I be the first one to say the first time I saw this story, and I was so happy for you. I thought, "Oh, the deer are transgender too." <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I heard a lot of those, uh, a lot of those jokes uh, in the
3: Nothing days. Nothing wrong after with that. that. It's a hermaphrodite, right? <laughs> no, that yeah. would have both. Oh well, that's what oh. that's
5: what the Missouri Department of Conservation says. Oh, so it,
3: since it's it hermaph- has antlers, which is a male primarily. But yet it has, fe- oh, yeah, hermaphrodite. So they technically called it a hermaphrodite deer. They're
5: not 100%. Well, well, Let yeah. Sam tell it.
4: Yeah, so nobody nobody really knows for sure. Uh, I know due to my extensive deer hunting experience that uh, the only visible parts on the outside of the deer were uh, doe parts. No uh, no male parts were visible. Now, I think they the uh, argument is that supposedly the but uh, testicles of a deer could be within inside the deer that just aren't visible and that's what caused the antler growth abnormality but uh, there's no way to know that for sure I'm, now
2: I'm, I'm guessing nobody looked at the time no
4: no <laughs> no i uh i uh go to the deer as i normally would uh and uh i didn't study the uh, the entrails too closely after that
2: <laughs> so t- tell us you you took this where in monroe county that's correct and and I, remind me where that is compared to where we are. Uh, right so,
4: now. Uh, are you familiar with the Mark Twain Lake area? Yes. Half of yes. Mark Twain Lake is okay. in Monroe County.
2: Okay. So up north, where the big deer grow, anyway, and and yeah, you know, I'm 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 you you talked about the fact that it's not a unicorn, uh, but it is still pretty rare. I, I'm guessing, uh, according to what Carl told us here, like a one in ten thousand chance of this happening, something like that.
4: Yeah, those are the those are the same stats I heard as well.
3: Wow. So, how long how long have you been hunting uh in your career?
4: Uh since I was 10 years old, so it's been about 24 years now.
3: Oh, wow. And and so with something unique like this, will it be mounted? Cuz boy, I'm telling you, I think it'd be a story forever.
4: That is that is true. It is at the taxidermist right now as we speak. Good for you, man.
2: Nice. Hey, just out of interest, as as the guy here talking to you, who's number one uh, killed a few deer, but never one that would be worth mounting. What does that cost these days, Sam? If you don't mind me asking.
4: Uh, this year I think it's going to be about five hundred dollars. Okay, that's not bad. And that's and that's uh, the taxidermist I've been using for years, and I think he's pretty reasonably priced.
3: So can you uh, can you tell us the conversation you had with the uh, conservation department? <laughs>
4: I shot the deer on a Friday during the firearm season and I called them the next day and asked if they wanted to come and take a look at it. And they said that they didn't have to, you know, I had done everything legally and all of that. And they said, but we would like to for our own curiosity. So they came out and we chatted a bit. Uh, you know, I showed them all the evidence that I had of what it actually was, not that I was trying to pull any wool over anybody's eyes or anything. And they thought it was pretty interesting. So we took a picture and they said, uh, if you don't mind, we'll put it on our Facebook page. I said that'd be great.
3: A little publicity, yeah, I like no, it. Yeah. No kidding. And and so you got you, you said people been telling you stories or making comments about it. What are some of those things that your friends or family have been saying?
4: All the friends and family has been uh, super positive. Everybody was pretty excited about it. Uh, right after I shot the deer and walked up to it, I uh, I had to confirm my suspicions, so I just kind of glanced at the rack and lifted that rear leg and saw that it actually was a doe so the first thing i did was call my good friend bob because uh without him i probably wouldn't have uh, shot the deer to begin with so uh so he was pretty excited and everybody was pretty excited i called my brother right after that i said hey uh you seen anything this morning he said no it's pretty slow over here I said, hey you want to come see an antler doe he said yeah i'll be right over (laughs)
2: that that, sam that is the best the best of both worlds because you still had your any deer permit, right? You only had to use the doe permit for that one. <laughs> oh, Th- that's
4: not true. That's not no? true. It was I had to use uh, the ant- the uh, any deer tag because it was an antlered deer. So uh, still have oh. to use your your uh, any deer tag for that. I did not
3: know that. So so Sam, how many how many deer did you get this year? Was this uh, one and done?
4: No, I've uh, killed. Four this year myself, uh, three with my bow and see, arrow, and one with my rifle. You should see the look on Mark's face. I think there's a tear.
5: He had a smile. Now he's crying. <laughs> Sam, we,
2: we we decided a long time ago that that Mark is an old Indian word for bad hunter. I, I just I've had no luck at all, man. I saw one that was so little I was embarrassed to shoot it, and then I saw that eight point buck, and I had a I had a misfire. It was a very loud click sound. The deer looked up at me, and by the time I got the situation resolved, it was all I saw was a. White tail bobbing away from me up the hill
3: yeah yeah that's a bummer that's yeah a bummer. <laughs> so so doe to to your credit mark doe do run really small sometimes like what's what would be a small doe that would be taken by a hunter in missouri sam
4: uh i would i mean a yearling obviously they're the smallest just because they were born in the springtime but uh, i think I think they could weigh as little as 60 pounds in the fall. I'm not yeah. sure exactly.
2: Like, so, a, like a golden retriever. Yeah. Like that. You know what? Yeah, I, I,
3: I, let <laughs> me just tell this story. So I had a picture of my shepherd Collie dog jumping for something. So he looked like he was standing or, you know, jumping on his back legs. And a buddy of mine, and I had that picture just somewhere in the house, but I had a buddy of mine send me a, a picture of the dough that he got, and it looked really small, maybe 60 or 70 pounds. Well, my dog was 120 pounds. <laughs> so in this picture that i had of my dog i i wet the it was a photograph an actual photograph i wet the neck and i drew a rope on it Uh, and it looked like it was i said i still beat you (laughs) because it was about twice as big i'm like oh man but hey it's harvesting deer and it's it's delicious
2: well and now sam we're we're back in the bow season right and and um do you do black powder hunting as well
4: I, uh, I do if I get the opportunity a lot of times the holidays and family things uh, sort of bog that down but yes if I get the opportunity I usually go out uh, with the black powder yeah. It
2: sounds like I need to move my hunting to Monroe County <laughs> <do> <laughs>
3: <I>. <laughs> If you got an extra space I'm thinking he's willing to go with you
2: Man live
3: <laughs> I tell you what I
2: have had I had no luck this year So,
3: so what, what so Sam what, okay you've you've reached this level this is next level deer hunting. What is your next goal in your hunting life?
4: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm always up for a new adventure. We've been, I've been out west to uh, hunt elk in the past, uh, went out with uh, hunting mule deer in the past, but hopefully in the springtime uh, me and my dad are going to get to uh, try some archery turkey hunting in Nebraska in the spring, so that, that should be pretty fun.
2: That's awesome. Did you consider uh, the bear season?
4: Uh, yes, I applied, but unfortunately did not draw a tag. But uh, it, that was a pretty cool experience for the state of Missouri, I would say.
2: Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, Sam Parati, our guest right now, took this 16-point. Uh, I don't huge. know if we mentioned that. A 16-point antler doe. And and shame on me for not asking the question earlier. Besides the fact that it was unusual to find an antler doe, was the size of the rack on this one even more unusual? Did, did the did Department of Conservation have an answer for that?
4: Uh, they, they definitely said that that was um, more unusual to have a the quality rack this one had compared to some that they've heard of or seen in the past where, you know, they may have a, a very small abnormally shaped rack or something to that, you know, to that effect. So they, they thought that was pretty special as well. Good
3: stuff. Very cool. All right.
5: Now, since this is a rare deer, would you still take the meat?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I have heard folks say, uh, oh, I don't know that I would eat that deer, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that it was delicious. <laughs> oh, nice. Backstrap.
2: Nice. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good good stuff. Listen, uh, Sam Parati, we, we appreciate you uh, listening uh, not only to the radio station, but helping us out here on Second Amendment Radio. Thank you.
3: Uh, no problem. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Have a Merry Christmas, Sam you
2: too thank you all right we will uh, we'll talk to you again soon when you get your next uh, unusual
3: uh deer <laughs> there you go all right buddy Just reach out <laughs> yeah we'll get, get that unicorn <laughs> that'd be good eating hey speaking of rare <laughs> tastes like skittles yeah no
2: kidding <laughs> i like it speaking of rare it may be you may you may have a little trouble finding something else this year besides antlered uh, does how about a christmas tree I've heard that they could be in short demand this year. Uh, We're going to talk to a Christmas tree expert coming up on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors.
0: You You can sing.
5: Welcome back
2: to Second Amendment Radio the Great Outdoors, this edition brought to you by Santa Claus, (laughs) apparently,
3: right, Carl? Yes. Finally, after all these years, like Facebook, they didn't spend a dime forever, and then all of a sudden, about two years ago, they start spending some marketing dollars to promote even Santa Claus jumped on board. It's about time.
5: And this all goes to a conversation Bo and I had three weeks ago about wanting to get a real Christmas tree, and then Bo put a poll up on his Facebook page.
3: I did, and uh, really got some great answers um, of where people uh, should not, actually. I said, where do you get a tree besides the forest? Of course, everybody's like, well, my neighbor's house or whatever. So you don't want to do that because there's there's you know people in business that do this, grow these for a living, and, and I think it's wonderful. I, I, I think it's almost like a fantasy in my head uh, or a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie that you would grow up on a Christmas tree farm. How fun would that be? Oh, no kidding. You'd have the spirit of Christmas all year long. I would think. <laughs> you would. It's like
5: a Hallmark movie in real life. <laughs>
3: yeah. But there's,
2: you know, there's been a lot of talk of uh, shortages of chips and all kinds of things, uh, the kind you put in your car, not your mouth, uh, d- around the, the holidays this year. The question is. <laughs> You know, when you hear that there might be a shortage, we've heard there might be a shortage of Christmas trees. We thought we would go to the experts at the Myrt Tree Farm down in Festus. Victoria Myrt joining us for Second Amendment Radio this morning in the great outdoors. Victoria, welcome into the show. Thanks for having me. So, did I'm assuming you grew up on the Myrt Tree Farm.
6: I did. Um, I've been... Dealing with Christmas trees for 30 years now. <laughs> nice.
2: So is it like Bo said? I mean, it's like Christmas all year round?
6: Pretty much. I live in a Hallmark movie. Um, <laughs> it's the best way to describe it because um, we, I mean, it's literally, it's all year round.
3: I love that. And, and what, what kind of trees do you specialize in? Because we have something that looks like a Christmas tree. We have, like, they, they could be hedges, but they're uh, our providers, giant our provider trees. Kind of looks like a Christmas tree, but what what kind do you guys grow?
6: So in Missouri, you really can only grow like a pine tree. So we grow white pine, scotch pine, and a few Virginia pine, and then um, Norway spruce. Those are the ones we've had good luck with growing. Um, We would love to grow Fraser firs or any kind of fir tree, but fir tree hate our soil and they hate our weather.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So like, is that something you've tried in the past and you just realized it's not going to work?
6: Right. Yeah. We've actually tried, um, it's called Canaan fir. Um, It's a little bit more of a hardier fir tree than like a Fraser fir. And the Canaan firs, we got one really wet summer and they all died on us.
3: Oh, no. huh? Yeah. So I I, I, want to ask about what your year looks like because, you know, you have school teachers that always talk, ooh, they get summers off. If you are growing trees, which kind of do their own thing to grow, Mm -hmm. are you like on vacation like 11 months a year?
6: Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I absolutely wish. So, um, we actually go to market in January to do the buying for the gift store. Um, we have a huge like gift store down there. Um, and then, I mean, doing dealing with Christmas trees is all year round. I mean, my mom manages basically everything outside, and I manage everything inside. Oh, okay. So you have to trim the trees. You've got to gotta plant new trees in the springtime. She usually starts trimming them in May. You have to make sure you're spraying them with, like, pesticides so they don't get diseased. Um, trimming the trees and everything, it's its its year round for sure.
2: Yeah, plus you've got the the pumpkin patch and everything else, right, that goes along with it?
6: Yep, and we also do a sunflower maze in the summertime. Ooh, so, I love those. Uh, yeah, so we started the sunflower maze. This was our third season open, and, you know, people just love sunflowers, and so do we.
3: <laughs> so, so the seeds of the sunflower, do you have those produced and, and cooked and, and sold, like, through David's sunflowers?
6: No, we just do the maze, oh. So, um, and we have a lot of photographers that will come down and take photos as well, um, and then we also have cut-your-own-sunflowers so you can go through the maze, and then you can cut your own sunflowers while you're going through the maze. <laughs>
3: Love that. I, uh, I do have a question, though. Uh, you know, when, when there's supply chain issues mentioned a few months ago, and now we're seeing it in real life, although, mm-hmm. you know, if I can't find whatever widget for my wife, I'll pick another widget out, no problem. But when it comes to Christmas trees, do do the United States, do Americans import Christmas trees from other parts of the country or the continent or the world?
6: Um, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, like, ch- I don't know this for a fact, but I think places like Walmart and Lowe's will get them from overseas. Really? But we we always source locally, um, so ours come from our fir trees come from North Carolina, and then our Scotch pine and Canaan fir come from Michigan. <clears throat> we've always tried to source. We've always tried to source locally. Um, I know Can- Canada. Has a good supply as well oh, sure. of the fir trees.
2: So, so, what is the deadline that we're facing here? Are you guys about to run out of trees?
6: Yep. So, we will be closing our cut your own fields this Sunday.
3: Okay. Man. Has it been a good year for uh, real Christmas tree buyers?
6: It's been a really good year for us. Um, we're not closing as early as last year. Last year, we actually closed after the first weekend in December. Um, but we also did open the weekend before Thanksgiving, which we had never done before. So technically, we're still on that three-week timeline of selling out of all of our trees.
2: Hmm. Wow. So, so about the shortage part of it, are you, are you the, the what you import some of your trees? Did you have trouble getting them this year? And were there specific areas of the country where that was w- better or worse?
6: So we've actually been having an issue since 2017. Wow. Getting trees. This has just all of a sudden become national news i guess because of all the other shortage issues we've been having a major issue since 2017 getting fraser furs in um just because there was a 2012 drought and it killed a lot of people's crops mixed with the recession people didn't plant as many christmas trees and in the christmas tree world you got to figure our issues don't really happen till eight years down the line because right. christmas trees only grow a foot a year
3: Oh, I was going to ask that question. Okay, so, so if you want a 24-foot Christmas tree, you're waiting a really long time.
6: You're you're waiting, I mean, you're 24 years. So, and that's the other thing, prices have really gone up in this industry, but It's because it takes so long. I mean, I figure 24 years for a 24-foot tree. There's a lot of time that has gone into that one Christmas tree. Yeah, no kidding. So so if you want those taller trees, you are for sure going to be paying for them.
2: Oh, wow. So, you know, separately from this, Victoria, I do a podcast about bourbon. And oddly enough, the bourbon industry has had the same problem. They suddenly got hit with this huge growing demand the last seven, eight, nine years and you really have to plan ahead uh, because you have to put the bourbon in a barrel and let it age a certain number of years before you can sell it for the for the really top-end top, top end stuff. Mark,
5: stuff. what's the name of that podcast? Oh,
2: it's called The Mash, Carl. Thank you for <laughs> You can asking. find that on the Odyssey app. Yes, you can or uh, wherever you download your favorite shameless podcast. Shameless blog. Shameless blog. <laughs> you're welcome. And because you're going to want a good bourbon to pick out to drink around your Christmas tree from the Christmas tree farm. Nice. Thank
3: uh, you. And, and, and so, uh, if we could ask Victoria Tell us about some of the personal, uh, the personal experiences you've had. Same families come every year, or new faces showing up, and have always had a fake tree until this year. What what kind of experiences have you experienced out there?
6: Um, It's really a blend of both. Um, You know, I've been so everyone goes through their teenage rebellious phases. So I ended up leaving the farm for about eight years, went into the retail world, and then my mom asked if I could come back and modernize things a little bit, I guess you could say. Yeah. And over the last eight seasons that I've been helping out, I've really grown to love my repeat customers, my families that are there. We have this one family that comes down. It's 67 people. Whoa!
0: Whoa.
6: It's the entire family. They come down no matter what. What the weather is, they are there the first Sunday in December. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred degrees or if it's negative fifty. they are there that first Sunday in December. And I love seeing them. It is not Christmas until he comes in and he literally <laughs> every time he comes in, the dad he goes, ho ho ho, Merry Christmas Aww. So I mean these your families become your family Absolutely. and that's my favorite part.
2: Aww, that's all so how many trees do sixty eight people harvest? <laughs> it's
6: a lot. I'm pretty sure they get around 40 Christmas trees, but I don't think anyone leaves without a Christmas tree, a wreath, and at least a couple ornaments.
3: <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's talk about the wreaths. I, I, I'm assuming that they're, they're fresh wreaths that you have?
6: Yes, we do. Um, fresh wreaths, and we also do like swags and table runners, centerpieces. Um, we'll sell around 1,000. Actually, I think this year we're at closer to like 12 to 1,400 wreaths we've sold this year. Oh, yeah. yeah
2: do you do grave blankets?
6: We do crosses. Okay. Um, grave blankets, they just take a lot of material. right? And the crosses, people have really responded really well to those. So we sell around 300 crosses.
3: Yeah, I, it, it's funny what, uh, you know, and I'm sure for many years uh, before you came around and modernized uh, Mirt Tree Farm uh, that you sold trees and that was the business, right? But then you realized yeah. like a convenience store, you ain't making no money on gas. So let's open up, you know, things, coffee, donuts, things that you, people can come in and buy. So you talk about the, uh, the the buying season where you go out and buy stuff for your shop. A friend of mine had a small restaurant over in Illinois and had a little gift shop, kind of like a Cracker Barrel type of feel, but, you know, on a smaller level. He goes, I can't believe I've sold $3,000 in, you know, fluffy socks to people. (laughs) Right?
6: And, you know, that's something that my mom and I had a discussion coming out of that recession and then the 2012 drought. We had a really hard talk on where do we go now? You know, we did have to sell off about 100 acres just to kind of get our head above water. And, um, you know, I basically said, well, you know, there's only going to be so many people who are going to get a real Christmas tree. How do we go after that artificial customer? I'm like artificial tree customers still decorate their houses. Yeah, they right? still put ornaments on their tree. They still have all the decor. So I said, let's grow the store and let's see where this goes. And it has, within the last five years, it has taken off more than I could even imagine
2: that's awesome so so you see in Victoria's world you're either real or you're artificial Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Victoria, I have to admit, I I'm an artificial guy. Not because, okay. not, because I wa- okay. not because I not because I want to be, but because my my mother, when we were growing up, she used to get deathly ill around the holidays, and her doctor finally realized she had a horrible allergy to to pine. Yeah. And every year we'd bring a fresh tree, and when I was tiny, and then suddenly we realized what the problem was, and we've we've been artificial tree uh, people since then. So.
6: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That is that is absolutely okay. And, you know, it's actually funny. I'm actually allergic to pine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so I get a fur. Fur, I'm not as allergic to. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still allergic, but I'm going to suck it. I suck it up every year. <laughs> but I noticed that I am Slightly more allergic to pine trees.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic, isn't it? No kidding. Right. And and so your mom, when you were talked about building out the store and, and doing stuff for fake uh, tr- cre- Christmas tree people or real tr- Christmas tree people, did she stop you when you said, "Hey, I think we should sell CBD oil"? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> okay, good. How, how many generations are you out there?
6: So, it's so my great papa and my papa started it. So yes. if you include my great papa, I'm generation four. Nice. Wow. All
5: right. So we should we should mention Jennifer, your mom, because mm-hmm. yes. She's been very nice. She, I talked to her on the phone the other day, to and she said, "Oh no, you need to talk to Victoria." And I said, <laughs> "But aren't, aren't you running it?" And she's like, "No, no, no. You,
3: you need to talk to Victoria." <laughs> That's great. Well, this show is called Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, and uh, maybe you want to get your family outside the concept. Put your screens down and go cut you down a Christmas tree. You have the saws there available. Uh, if people want to actually cut their own down, or do you, do you guys do it all?
6: We provide the saw. We basically hand you the saw and say, here you go. Good luck.
3: Oh, my gosh.
5: (laughs)
2: That's fantastic. I love it.
5: So what what size of tree? Is it anywhere from, like, 10 feet to 20 feet?
6: I mean, so cut your own. We have... Um, up to right now, we're about up to eight foot. There might be a few nine footers left. Um, I always tell my people that want my 10 foot and up trees that you come first day we're open because there is a limited selection on that taller tree. Um, we do get in Fraser furs up to around 15 foot, um, so, and a lot of my bigger tree customers will get the freezer first.
2: Well, I tell you, Victoria, thank you for all the great information. Uh, the the, the Mirt Tree Farm, 14560 Dry Fork Road down in Festus. What's the best way for people to find out your hours and availability and all that?
6: Facebook or our website is com.
3: Outstanding. Good stuff. Merry Christmas to you, ma'am.
6: Thank you. Merry Christmas.
3: Enjoy yeah. your 11 your month vacation. <laughs> Tell your mom thank that's you. what, that's how we're going to modernize this. I'll see you in 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> she would love that. She would love to be off. <laughs> yeah, right. All right.
2: Victoria Amir, thank you very much. We we appreciate it. That should put you in the Christmas season if nothing else does.
3: And the music, yeah, I'm yeah. into it now. Uh, have you bought something for your wife? I have. You figured I'm, it out? I'm all covered.
2: I am. Well, she told me what she wanted. Made it easy for me this year.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. She we'll did. we'll we'll discuss after the show. <laughs> I need some tips, man. Uh, all right. Good stuff. Uh, great great time hanging out with you guys again. Absolutely. Get
2: out there. To, this is your last weekend at the Mirror Tree Farm. Get out there and pick out a tree if that's what you got to do. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We will see you next time around. For Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman, I'm Mark Cox. Have a great weekend.
3: Pew pew. See you, boys.